right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. We are talking women's golf today. My name is Randy, and I am joined by Cody McBride and Jordan Perez. Let's start with you, Cody. How are you doing? How's Texas treating you? Beautiful day, Mr. Big. Thank you for having me on your program. As always, the weather is turning. Spring is starting to creep. The temperatures uh, continue to fire up, but big time allergy season for me down here. So as I'm working my way through the sniffles, hopefully uh, I don't have any uh, loud outbursts or anything during this podcast. But, you know, we're going to make our way through it. Thanks again, buddy. Thank you. Truly. Thank you for your service. Jordan, you are uh, you're around the Jacksonville, Florida area. How's how's life down there for you right now? Um, Too many changes of the season like Cody. some days are better than others in terms of allergies. Um, so, Cody, if you sneeze, we will forgive you. But, no, doing great. Uh, very happy to be back. Uh, very happy to have you guys back. I was getting a little worried there, Randy. You were spending a little too much time talking about PJ Tour Golf. was worried we were losing you for a bit, but uh, glad you're back where you belong. Well, thank you. It's, it's glad to be back, believe me. Yeah, we, uh, we we had our season preview episode last month, and gosh, it's been about a month since we've we've chatted women's golf here on the No Laying Up podcast. So good to have you guys back. We've we've got a few events under our belts. We have an Asian swing coming up. We're gonna get into all of that. But Cody, let's thank our our proud new sponsor for this year. Who who do we have? Yeah, we talked about them on the season preview as well, but a huge shout out and thanks to our title sponsor for our LPGA coverage this year, and that is Yeti. They make incredible products. Doesn't matter if it's luggage, hard coolers, soft coolers, drinkware, you name it. Yeti products perform when it matters most. Everybody can head over to Yeti.com to check out their complete product line and more. They got seasonal colors about ready to come up. They have new Coffee options there, some stackable espresso sets, all the travel mugs you can think of. And then, of course, their amazing coolers, other drinkware, their luggage that we use all over, tourist sauce. A couple weeks back in Australia, I'm excited for everybody to see those. But please, everybody head to Yeti.com, check out everything they have to offer, and a huge shout-out to them for sponsoring our content. Big, if you asked how the first two events could have ended up to start the 2024 calendar year. I don't think we could have drawn them up any better. <laughs> you, you, you think a uh, Lydia Ko winning and then Nelly defeating Lydia Ko in a playoff, you, you, you think that's about a dream start for the tour, huh? It's incredible. I think, you know, not only to have the champions, but to have the, the quality of golf that we saw from from both of them, those two events, stacked leaderboards across the way. We had an awesome event. I understand that we're not talking about L.E.T., but I thought the uh, Saudi ladies with Patty T back in the victory, you know, get another dub under her belt was amazing. I think, you know, this year is just starting off, I think, where a lot of our hearts are always at on the LPGA side. Yeah, you know, uh, 
anytime you can get the the biggest some of the biggest names and and certainly some of the best players on the LPGA tour and with Patty winning on the LET in Saudi Arabia uh it, it's just great from a fan perspective it, i think it creates a lot of excitement as the the bulk of the season is going to come over these next um really couple months and certainly as we get into spring summer and fall it it's a terrific start jordan i i want to ask you though I, I Cody and I, we were we were traveling. We didn't get to see as much of the first two weeks as we were hoping to. But it seemed like I know the 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 final round of the tournament of champions at Lake Nona and then the drive on was in Bradenton, Florida. I mean, these women had to deal with some serious Florida cold. Can can you update us on on just how uh, cold and blustery things were last month in the Florida area. My my thoughts and prayers with everybody. I I, I mean, were the temperatures down in the 60s? That that just sounds horrible. Yeah, it was uncharacteristically cold. Florida cold was at its peak, and yeah, tournament of champions week seemed to be pretty brutal. But that seemed to just be Lydia's for the taking. I thought it was really cool. I'm not particularly enchanted with Lake Nona, but I kind of had to eat my words a little bit in terms of Lydia Ko. She did it. She won. Uh, I feel pretty confident saying she's back. But yeah, those two weeks were very blustery, very cold. I, 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 I remember watching both broadcasts and kind of having to reprogram my mind to be like, you might be wearing more cold weather gear than I am right now. And that's just weird to, that's weird to conceptualize. But yeah, I I mean these first two weeks, you guys, I like you said, couldn't have dreamed of a better start. I was just so blown away and so excited and like really at the edge of my seat, especially at the drive on. I I think I said this in our beginning of the year. I predicted that Nelly would win once, but it would be at the end of the year and she met her quota already. Um and I think she is going to embarrass me deeply. I am going to have to go to a mirror and promptly draw on clown makeup because that has got to be one of the most yes cody it it, got your girl nelly you you have proven me wrong she she's i think she's here to stay i am a clown and she she just wow we we really need to unpack drive on some more because that was just that i think that's my favorite sunday pro golf so far in 2024 I agree with you on that real quick to, to put a bow because we were traveling Randy during the tournament of champions. So obviously Lydia got the W there second place. They're happy to see somebody who was a rookie last year on the LPGA tour, get her first solo second so far this year. That's Alexa Pano. Uh, no other, you know, bigger Patriot fan out there than, than Alexa, of course, the pride of Canada coming in third, Brooke Henderson, and then T four, uh, three way T four Cheyenne Knight, Ayaka Furue and Ali Ewing. Now, I will say this. I thought Cheyenne's season last year was like, you know, peak peak Cheyenne. Cheyenne's starting out this year with a T4 already. It's phenomenal stuff, especially as, you know, this season has huge implications with another Solheim Cup. We had assistant captains announced today, the date that we're recording this. Very, very pumped up there. Big, did you have anything else to add from the Tournament of Champions? I did. Yes, thank you. Uh, I just want to make sure people know this was Lydia Ko's 20th career LPGA victory. It was her first since the final event of 2022, the Tour Championship, the CME Tour Championship. So um, 
a nice start to the year for Lydia. It got her within one point of automatically qualifying, the, the only way to qualify for the LPGA Hall of Fame, which we'll talk about with the drive on that happened the next week. But a, a last note on Lydia, she becomes the seventh woman in LPGA Tour history to reach 20 wins before the age of 27. Joining illustrious company, she joins Nancy Lopez, Kari Webb, Sayri Pak, Mickey Wright, Lorena Ochoa, and Kathy Whitworth in that highly, highly exclusive group. Um, I, I mean, the, those other six women that she now stands beside, that's like <laughs> as, as good as it gets in a lot of respects on the women's side. So congratulations to Lydia. Uh, she becomes the 29th different player in tour history to earn at least 20 official wins. Um, I talked about the, the hall of fame. Yeah. A great start to the year for Lydia and uh, Cody, as you said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, we were busy doing our, our tourist sauce trip, so I didn't get to watch much of it, but, uh, certainly a, a great winner and a great champion, Lydia Co. Can I briefly add a footnote to Lydia? Please. Small sample size, but she leads the LPGA in scoring average with a 68, which is not a surprising place for Lydia Co to be. She has won the trophy for the best scoring average before, but I just want to add that in there. Yeah, the VAR trophy, uh, which is the year-long scoring average championship. Jordan, that'll be a good one. That comes with a Hall of, a Hall of Fame point. So if Lydia you know, can, can maintain that lead throughout the year, that would be perhaps a, a way for her to punch her ticket to the Hall of Fame. Cody, after the Tournament of Champions, they turned around and they played the drive-on LPGA championship from Bradenton Country Club. Uh, did you get a chance? You you traveled home. I know you went straight to Pebble, so it was a busy week for you. I, I sheepishly, again, admit I extended my trip in the Southern Hemisphere. I, I took a little vacation in New Zealand. So I am, maybe, Jordan, maybe this is a better question for you. You called it the, the best finish anywhere in golf in, in 2024 so far. What can you tell us about that final round Sunday from the drive-on? So I spent a lot of the final round Sunday actually – multitasking. I was on the treadmill watching drive on. It had the adrenaline pumping everywhere. I was right there with them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool to see Nellie have so much command until she didn't. Um, it was sort of a collapse as she started the back nine and she was plus five through 16. And Lydia was just tying things up really easily. Just a few groups ahead she it looked like it was hers she had this beautiful second shot on 17 where she had put it like two feet for eagle and then nelly kind of ends up doing something really similar eagles and birdies and ends up getting herself into a playoff and so then we have a, this heavyweight match of a playoff and it was just it, two holes I, I you know very close but ultimately there was this very symbolic moment where Lydia hits a shot into the grandstand and her ball is right next to what would be the roses and the champagne to celebrate her Hall of Fame. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I want to say this because they pulled out. It it was the earliest I've ever seen somebody pull out roses and champagne. (laughs) They actually had they had them on the 18th green while Lydia was finishing. And at the same time, because Lydia's a couple groups ahead of Nelly, mm-hmm. um, like at that exact same moment, that's when Nelly, uh, just like Jordan said, had like she was not playing well, and then hit the like 
the shot of the day on 17 after we just saw Lydia do it and completely like kind of dampened down the festivities that were about to happen. But one of the ultimate jinxes I've ever seen in my life. It was, yeah, I just, I, I was floored. I was shocked. Like someone must have yelled, take the champagne out of the fridge too soon. It was like, what? Like, let's, 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 let's calm down. Like, and granted watching Nelly up, up to through 16, like I get it. Like we, we all thought Lydia had put a bow on it. She was waiting. She I'm sure at it. some point she felt Nelly, a little comfortable. Yeah. Nelly was birdie free, had not made a birdie. And I believe was mm-hmm. four over par through 16 holes was standing on 17 T three shots down to Lydia Ko. Mm-hmm. So I, I, part of me, Jordan, I can't blame him for pulling out the roses in champagne. Yeah. I, gosh, the drama that took place within the span of that hour was top notch. And yeah, that, that is certainly why I say like all of that build up, and then through the playoff, it, it was just tense, right? Because you had, you had Lydia fighting for, the biggest accomplishment of her entire career. And then you have Nellie fighting for something that she hasn't had in so long. And I just to watch them go at it and watch them play some really good golf. It, it was, it was spectacular. It was theater. And I, I, I could have loved it more. I still, I still think about, I, I still think about that day. I'm like, that, that was, that was so cool. Please. Can we have some more moments like that this year? Because that sort of vaulted the start to the LPGA year. And it makes me think about just how grateful in women's golf that we still have this, the the, the best circuit in the world where the best players are competing against each other almost week to week. I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on wood. (laughs) Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's the two superstars in the women's game too, where they play such different games. And I know that maybe might, not make a lot of sense to people who don't tune into the LPGA tour that often, but Nelly like hits the ball a long, long ways and hits like a very beautiful high draw most of the time. And she has tons of swing speed and Lydia doesn't have that much swing speed and just hits fairways, hits greens and makes a lot of putts. And even how they played 18 and in in typical LPGA fashion, we're just going to play the same hole over and over and over again. And just the way they went, about it completely differently and like to the point where Nelly is just bombing these high draws up the right side of the fairway setting up a perfect angle into this back pin on 18 and to the point where like she's hitting it so consistently that the worry is oh man like one of these times Nelly's gonna hit it in her own divot because they're playing you know wiry Bermuda grass and you can't like replace the divots that well and you're like oh one of these times is surely gonna happen Whereas Lydia is just kind of hitting her little cut out there on the left, left center side of the fairway and giving herself a, a number that she wants in and hitting it, you know, not getting it all the way back there. Where if you saw like Nelly is just taking dead aim at the pin each time uh, coming in with like a wedge and Lydia's coming in with a seven, eight iron. And it just kind of showcased how great each one of them are individually in their own games. I think it was, it's a day that I'm going to remember for a long time because it was the day that we flew back from Australia. We're so jet lagged. United absolutely boned us coming into LAX. We missed our connecting (laughs) flight. So we ended up getting a rental car and we actually got two rental cars. So TC and I were in one of them. TC was driving. I was in the passenger seat. My cell phone was playing football game because it was playoff time. The other cell phone that we had, we had 
uh, LPGA coverage going on. And we actually were, we switched audio over to the women's event because it was so much more exciting than the football game. And I remember TC and I like, like punching the ceiling, like being so into it because like they were just throwing haymakers back and forth. It was incredible viewing. I thought that the, the broadcast team did an awesome job of showcasing it. Grant was so passionate throughout the entire way, uh, providing like the most detailed like information you could possibly get off of like every single shot that they had coming in. Uh, and they knew like it was a huge moment. Lydia was that was her Hall of Fame moment. And she's going to have so many more opportunities the rest of this summer or this year. If it doesn't happen this year, like she's going to get the points to get in the Hall of Fame. But you you felt like you were you were sitting there watching history and Nelly coming out on 17 and 18 and then the playoffs holes and just taking it away from her and being like, not yet. It was so cool to watch. So I have a question for you guys, something I've been thinking about. Uh, I, I think we've long wanted to see more of that killer instinct from Nelly, more of that, that hunter from her is like, is, is this the biggest, I know she's won a major, so I, that would be the, 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 most impressive, the biggest win of her career, but the manner in which she won this coming back from three shots down with two holes left and listen, her approach on 18 in regulation damn near went in. I mean, she, she almost hold out for Eagle walk off win on 18. It, it ended up about, I don't know, a, a foot from the cup. Um, Cody, let me start with you. Is, is this maybe the most defining moment in a, in a win for Nelly? Have we seen anything like this before from her in in her? This was her ninth career LPGA victory. I, I'm just thinking like this is this is what we want to see from Nelly. I I love it. Yeah, there's definitely a moment where you could tell like Nelly turned to her caddy and was like, "Okay, we got to go now." Like we've we've had a very very bad front nine. They were grinding. The double that she made on 15 really wasn't like her fault. Really, it's a bad score, but just kind of got like a bad break there, and then. A bad bogey on 16, but really 17, you could tell like they they absolutely buckled up. And I'll say this too, is that outside of the major win, this victory, I think it is a truly defining win for Nelly because of everything that this tournament kind of is. It's a new event. Uh, you know, there, there's been other events called the drive-on in the past, but this isn't Nelly's like adopted hometown. She absolutely played tournament host. They hyped her up all over socials all week. They like all the membership that was out there was were 100% rooting for Nelly. She played phenomenal, had rounds of 65, 67, 68. You thought that she was going to run away with it that Sunday. And if she didn't end up winning this, it truly like would have been a, a, a nail in her coffin. And for her to dig it out when she needed it most, truly, I think, shows the player that she actually is. And you saw like, her killer mentality came out and she went and got it. Jordan. And I will say Nelly was in a, in a very cool, just like all black outfit, little hoodie on, on her, uh, on her top. Um, Jordan, what do you think this does for Nelly the rest of the year? Um, do, do, is this something that she can use? And I, I know you've already said it. I mean, wh what are now your expectations for Nelly? Well, if you're dressed to kill, you're dressed to kill. No, but uh, yes, I I think what was so 
captivating about the moment was that Nellie wasn't afraid to confront her weakness because she had hit the least amount of greens that day than she had all week. And she just went into killer instinct mode and said, you know what, I'm going pin hunting. There's, I have nothing left to lose here. And she turned that around and produced a win in the most epic fashion. And I think this completely propels her. And I don't know if I'm ready to say 2024 is going to be the year of Nellie Corda, but it would certainly be encouraging to see that come through, especially in the major championship season and this being a Solheim Cup year. So I feel pretty positive that Nellie is going to continue riding off that momentum. And she also has something pretty big to play for as well in world number one, as she is number two now. And she's not that far behind Lilia. I'm desperate for that. For, for for that to become a real rivalry. I mean, they don't have to hate each other, right? But but I just want that to become a a rivalry. Um it, it would be very cool if we saw them, you know, in a final group at at one of the biggest events this year. I I am dying to see that. And I'll say this too, Cody, you said as good as Nelly's approach into the par 5-17th was in regulation, she still had to make a putt that, to my eye, looked like all of 12 to 15 feet. And I think that's a putt we were so used to seeing her miss last year. And I, I just know that had she missed that and fallen short, it, it would have been so easy for myself and us to come on here and be like, wow, Nelly, you know, blew a lead, couldn't get it done on Sunday. And and this conversation would be 180 degrees different. But kudos to her. She, she drilled the putt for Eagle. She comes back and birdies 18, wins in the playoff. I hope that's the type of Sunday experience that will propel her. And and like we've been saying, I cannot wait to watch how the rest of her season unfolds. So anything else to add from the drive on? We, um, we had a few things. Lexi Thompson made her debut, LPGA season debut. She finished tied for 16th. I'll note, Cody, you said Cheyenne Knight. She followed her tied for fourth at the Tournament of Champions which with another top 10 at the drive-on. So that's back-to-back for Cheyenne this year. Good on her. And your girl, Lucy Lee, a very nice tied for fourth at the drive-on. Yeah, absolutely. Really nice to see Lucy up there, of course. Tough, tough rookie year there. Uh, but overall, I thought, you know, for it being the first full field event before a long, long break. I thought there was a very, very good showing. Uh, the one name that I saw that didn't end up playing in drive on, but did play tournament of champions was Danielle and Danielle played really, really bad at tournament of champions. She started out hot with the 68 then had rounds of 79, 75, 82. So I don't know what all is going on there, but I've seen a lot of videos of her practicing. I know she's going to play the majority of the events on this spring Asian swing. So we'll see how it uh, how it goes there. But outside of that for drive on, nice to see Andrea Lee, Solheim Cup player in there, getting a, in the you know another top ten finish um, before they took a long break and and kind of bring us to where we're at now. Well, let's talk about quickly the other big event. It, it was an LET event, but this past weekend was the Ladies Saudi International. Patty Tavataniket, runaway winner, 18 under par total, a seven-shot victory. Guys, amazingly, I, I had to double-check this. This was only Patty's second win 
on both the LPGA and LET tours. Um, she, she of course, won the ANA Inspiration, a major on the LPGA a few years back. And this was her first victory on the LET. For, for somebody with all the talent and certainly somebody that we've talked a lot about, I can't believe this was only kind of her second big victory. Cody, let's start with you. What, what do you take from this performance from Patty, and, and how much can we read into this week for the rest of 2024 for her? Well, I don't know what else there is for me to say. I'd say people need to go to Patty's Instagram account or the Ladies European Tour Instagram account and, and hear it from her because clearly very emotional interview that she gave on the 18th green just talking about how you know she was completely lost. She battled some injuries. There's things that we talked about last year potential broken heart in play as well. Uh, and to see where she was like, you know, arms up in the air, completely lost with her game to now finally back playing good golf and being able to rely on her golf swing and her short game for four solid rounds and just run away with this thing. It was awesome. Awesome to see. I love Patty. She's one of the best. Uh, she has such a good personality. She's, and she's a great, like talk about global ambassador. She does a ton, uh, has always answered, you know, said yes to whatever we have asked her in the past. She says yes to everywhere, wherever she's at, weekend and week out. She's somebody uh, that's great out there and is like just a really good role model. I think the fall off that she had post her, uh, post her win in it's crazy to say like California now because if, it feels like Chevron's just kind of like the Texas thing now. Uh, that seems like so long ago, and I'm just happy that. You know, I know that there's probably a lot of scar tissue from all the trials, tribulations that she's gone to, but hopefully this is able to to shed a lot of them off and her just continue her way because, man, she's such an awesome player, but an awesome person, uh, first and foremost. I have a couple quotes from Patty after her victory. As Cody said, uh, you can check out her Instagram, a lot more stuff there. But uh, she was quoted right after winning she said, quote, it's been a long time since I've played this good. It's very emotional. I'm very emotional right now with how I've overcome that. And looking back, it was just one day at a time. Keep working hard. I worked really hard to get here, to play this solid all week. I just want to thank my team, the coaches, the trainers back home. I really appreciate them. Thanks to Jason for sticking around as well. Is that her caddy, I'm assuming, Jason? She goes on to say, I'm just so grateful for the people I have around me and my life. Without them, I wouldn't be here today. I'm just soaking it all in right now. It's incredible. Just being here in Saudi and I was able to do that, it's unreal. So I, it, it's really cool because Patty, she lets you in, right? You, you can tell exactly what she's thinking and feeling. And and I think the the great thing about her win last weekend was Everybody can see how much it meant to her and kind of the culmination through the last couple of years, uh, difficult years, Cody, like you said, on and off the course. Jordan, let me ask you this. Uh, did you get a, a chance to watch a lot of Patty as an amateur? And what what really sticks out to you about her personality and her game? And um, I, I'll ask you the same question I did with Nellie. What, what, what are your hopes for Patty this year? I did not get to watch much of Patty as an amateur. She was on the amateur scene before I got into it, but she is an incredible player. I have always really admired her game. I love that she still stays true to just hitting the hell out of the ball. She still does it, and 
she's been able to make the adjustments where she needed to. Um, and I watched some highlights and that post round interview that she gave this past weekend. And she actually mentioned that she changed her diet. She cut out fried foods and sweets and said it was actually helping her out. And she was asked if she was going to, you know, possibly lean back into it in celebration. And she's like, Nope, I'm just going to keep it going as long as I can. So kudos to Patty. I need to get on that myself, but (laughs) I, I, (laughs) she's, she's just always been so impressive. And it was interesting because I think she'd come, she'd kind of been lingering a little bit. She came into the year. I think she was at worst ranked 73rd. So it's not like Patty fell off the face of the earth. She was still, she still had a level of consistency to her game, but it just wasn't clicking. And I think this was huge. And I think she's going to come out of it so much better than when she'd even won a major. And there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of just on the course and off the course. And I'm pretty excited to see what else she can do in 2024. She, I think this win, this one put her in the top 50. So that's, that's extremely exciting. And yeah, watch it. Seeing Patty Tam in Connecticut play good golf is always a treat. Cody, one thing I wanted to ask you about the Saudi, you, you made this point last weekend. You were talking about the noticeable lack of star power with with people there participating in this week's event compared to prior years. Any, I, I won't put you on the spot for the exact reason, but any guesses or anything you've been thinking about as to why that might be? Well, lots of guesses. Uh, I will say I did reach out to a couple people that are familiar with these matters. And they, I, I said, you know, Hey, this is a $5 million purse. It usually draws a lot of big names, specifically a lot of the stars from the LPGA tour. They come over and if they're not playing a ton of let events, but usually this is it because there's not a, a, you know, a conflicting LPGA event. It seems like it would be naturally a good place for them to get on the road before they're on the you know over in asia for three weeks kind of what's the deal there and i guess well two things the the official answer that i got back was they're not paying out the appearance fees that they used to pay out in the past so i think what you saw is lexi came over she ended up tied for 42nd or something like that i think lexi sucked up a lot of the uh appearance money that was available The second part of it is I think Aramco is looking at how they're allocating their monies for appearance fees later on as they try to bolster up the team series events. And I know that they've struggled to get some of the star powers on the the bottom to, you know, bottom half of the team series events. And I think they're trying to reallocate some of the monies that they have put aside there as they get through the rest of their season. Now, if you ask me of like, what's, what kind of else could be going on here is that we still have the kerfuffle and there hasn't been a lot of feedback from the let LPGA merger. I don't even want to call it a merger anymore because theoretically they're already merged. It was just the it's actual a strategic official partnership, I believe is what, right. Is but what because I've seen him call it, they already are merged. They're, they're already one business entity with LPGA providing additional funding for a lot of the regular let events that are outside of the Ramco series or Ramco sponsored events. I thought there might've been something deeper there. turns out that that might not be the case, but something to keep an eye on because when you have Patty Tavikent go out, awesome champion, she's walking away with almost $700,000 from this. It's a huge purse. I mean, it's right up there. It's barely below Chevron. Uh, 
it's a you know major size purse. You would expect that there would be a lot more players that go over there. The other side of it too is that maybe people that have come over in the past, Lilia's played uh, events over there before. Lydia, they're all the, the you know Lydia's been a champion of this event before. I think maybe their number just wasn't met. So why would you add an additional week on the road um, when your you know your number's not getting met? If you don't need the money, then or you don't need the events, why would why go over and do it? Do you think that speaks a little bit to? It, it can't be the most comfortable week for these women, right? No, no matter what they read and and show and publish, I, I just feel like it's it's really interesting to me talking about Lydia. Because I was curious, well, maybe Lydia will will skip ahead to Thailand, but she's not, we'll, we'll get there, but she's not playing this week uh, in, in Thailand on the LPGA Tour. So it almost seems like, yeah, without that appearance fee, it's like, is that, I mean, do do you want to go to Saudi Arabia for a week and compete? I, I know the purse is great. I, I don't know the answer to that, and I'm sure it varies for, for each person, but it is interesting. Well, this is this is an event that's not like the the rest of them. I mean, this event is held at Riyadh Golf Club. Riyadh is just like any other major metropolitan city throughout the world. Uh, it's not like you're going to King Abdullah Economic City where it's truly like a propaganda village that's out there. Um, there's normal hustle and bustle as any other major city. You 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 want to talk about like advances when it comes to women's rights and everything. It's on full display in Riyadh. If you're looking for a place to be comfortable in Saudi Arabia, Riyadh is definitely that place to be and to go see. And I think that's why this event is hosted there because there's a lot of the women's initiatives that they can highlight and put on a platform and have the LET come into town to showcase that stuff off the progress that is being made. Whereas when you're out on the coast at King Abdullah Economic City and and there's just kind of this, it's a, you know, it's a made up city with, there's no local people out there. So you're being told one thing about progress and that's not really something that you're actually seeing. Um, I don't know if that's actually the case here. I would say that this is a very comfortable spot, just like going to any other city in the, in the Middle East, really. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting. I guess we'll see next year if and how things change and certainly we'll keep monitoring the LET and LPGA. Uh, maybe they merge, maybe they don't. What's what's the PIF going to do? Uh, it seems like we are kind of tiptoeing around some some big issues in the women's game. So I hope and, and know as the year progresses, things will break one way or another. Um I guess, and you guys, please add if you have any other notes. Uh, I'll say Charlie Hall picked up a tied for tied for third at Saudi. Uh, good result for her. She continues. If 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 you follow her on Instagram, she has to be one of the hardest working women in the sport. I swear she's she's banging balls and working out seemingly all day every day. So good on her. Seeing results early in the year. Anything else you guys want to add uh, from last weekend? No, nice to see Charlie playing good uh, this early in the season. Again, you see uh, Lucy up there, 14th place. Georgia Hall making her L.E.T. debut in there for a tied for 12th. Overall, uh, pretty good field, I would say, but uh, probably not what they were expecting for that hefty of a purse. Uh, when you look at future-wise, I'm surprised this purse hasn't gone up yet because I think this is either I think this is the second year in a row 
uh, that has spent a $5 million. And they're always one to stay nipping right at the major's tails. So as you've seen the other, you know, Chevron go up to 5.1 or 5.2 or something like that. I'm surprised that they haven't continued to play those those games with it. But overall, um, great event. Some shocking results, I'd say, as, as a lot of our Swedish hitters start to defrost. Lynn kind of expe- expected a little bit better showing from her, but super early in the season. And then, uh, you know, LC making her way over to, to Saudi Arabia, ended up missing the cut. Um, but, you know, off to bigger and better things. Let me jump in here and thank our other sponsor, and that is our good friends at Titleist. This episode is brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf, and of course, the number one ball on the LPGA Tour. And guys, one thing in common with the biggest players in the world and amateurs like ourselves is everybody is searching for consistency. Every level of golfer wants to be more consistent. And the easiest way to start, it's the golf ball. Having both gone through the golf ball fitting process, it's amazing what playing the right ball every time can do for your game. We're both Pro V1X guys, Cody, uh, and in my own game, I've seen more consistent carry numbers. It's easier to predict how the ball is going to spin around the greens and react through the wind. It flies through a predictable window. I mean, nowhere is this more apparent for me than with my my driver that that ball is launching out of a very, very predictable and knock on wood consistent window and then of course we all know the titleist like where where do you also really notice that differentiator is the feel and the spin and the consistency around the greens you need your ball to perform and you need it to be predictable second guessing and adding variables spells trouble for everyone golf is hard enough without having to deal with all that So do what the best players in the world do. They'll tell you the importance of having a consistent golf ball that performs the same shot after shot, tournament after tournament. It's why 77% of players last year on the LPGA Tour chose Titleist. Head over to Titleist.com, Titleist.com to start the fitting process and find out which Titleist golf ball is right for your game. Thank Titleist very much for continuing to be an awesome partner of ours as well. Guys, we've kind of talked about what's been behind us. Let's just quickly, I'll I'll talk about what's ahead of us here over the next couple weeks. The LPGA this week is kicking off a three-week Asian swing. They are in Thailand for the Honda LPGA Thailand this weekend. Uh, I believe Golf Channel has viewing windows for, for our friends in the United States, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern. So Jordan, some some tough windows for you, but Ooh. Mountain Time and and my good friends on the Pacific uh, Coast, pretty good, you know, primetime evening viewing windows, which I'm excited for. Uh, Thailand, you'll remember Lilia Vu won last year, really jump start and kicked off her tremendous 2023 season. After Thailand, they'll go to Singapore, the HSBC Women's World Championship. Jin Young Ko is the defending champion there. I will note, talking to folks, they they say the Singapore event is kind of what is thought of as the the major in the Asian region on the women's side. So, good event in Singapore the week after this, and then finally the the third event of this Asian swing is the Blue Bay LPGA in China. Um, I'm still I know it's we're getting close to it. I, I still need to see if this event actually gets played. It hasn't been uh, contested since 2018 when Gabby Lopez was your winner. So 
Uh, we will see if it actually goes off this year or not, but hopefully it does. And then after sweep, that, Biggie, Biggie, yeah. real quick. The, the, I think the most important thing that you you glossed over on this it is sweepstakes season here. You uh you have your ranking. You get into any one of these tournaments. It, they are no cut events. I don't know what's going on there. They're no cut events. Uh, you know, you you're just getting straight paid out cash. I think travel is also covered for them. It's awesome for these ladies because you think about like how big of a haul it is getting over there and everything else. Worried about making that cut, the stresses that come along with that. Nah, they're settled, man. Free cash. <laughs> At least this week in Thailand, you have six of the top ten in the Rolex uh, World Rankings competing. Lilia Vu, of course, defending her title. Celine Boudier will be there. Runing Yin, Jin Young Ko, Charlie Hall, and Hyuju Kim will be your your top ten golfers. Um, a number of standout Thai players, of course, the Jutanagarn sisters. Uh, there's an amateur, Isla Galitsky. Uh, Jordan, maybe you know of her, have seen her play. She's somebody that is very, very intriguing to me. She could certainly be around. But yeah, Cody, to your point, it's a it's a 72-woman field, no cuts. Uh, our very own Lauren Coughlin will be over there, which is great news for her. It, it's kind of a points cash giveaway if you play well, so... Best of luck to the women. Jordan, do you know much about Isla Galitsky? I'm putting you on the spot here, but is that a name that that you're familiar with? Yes. She won the Women's Asia Pacific Amateur Championship in, was it 22, 23? One of those years. Yes. Um, yes. Might have been 23. Yeah. Um, and I watched her at Anlaw last year, and she was just so good. I remember watching her on the range and being like, oh, my gosh, she can just – she can make the ball fly. Um, no, she's awesome. I'm glad that she is able to play this event. I believe last time she played, I want to say she made the cut, if I remember right. Um, don't know. Can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe I might be confusing her with somebody else. But no, great to see her play in her home country in an event with this standing. Yeah, I like that. Big, there's another thing going on, too. And I, I just want to praise a little bit of progress here. But next Monday night, the 26th, we're back. The match under the lights. And it's the first time that the men and women are playing together. So we got Rose is playing in it. Lexi is playing in it. They're joining up with Rory and the pro Max Homa playing at the park and the park. I, I don't know if we've done too much about it. I know we've mentioned it a couple times, but recently redone by Gil Hansen, Jim Wagner, Seth Waugh, a lot of other jupe, you know, big hitters involved in that project there. But, uh, they're playing it under the lights, which I think is going to be really, really cool. Um, happy to see Rose and Lexi mixing it up in there. It's a 12-hole skins match. Uh, all money is going to a charity of their choosing. And it's something that like I'm actually excited to watch this time. On par threes, they're going to be playing from the same tee boxes. There's a couple par fours out there. They're obviously going to be playing separate tee boxes there. But I'm happy to see Rose and Lexi get involved. Lexi, obviously, length probably wouldn't be an issue for her, especially around the park. And then Rose, uh, I reached out to, to Rose's team, I would say. And, and hey, with a, the spring Asian swing, I know Rose is playing in the match, but is she going to play any of these other early Asian uh, events? They say, nope, she has too many school commitments going on. She's not teeing it up again until California, but we're going to see her next Monday night. So excited to see uh, what comes of that. Good info there. I share your excitement. I, I, the, the last few iterations of the match have, have kind of dropped off my radar, have not been a priority, but um, 
fully intend to watch this. It will be fun to see Lexi in, in hopefully a more relaxed environment where she's able to banter. That will be fun to see. And then, you know, Rose is Rose. She'll she'll be lovely and pleasant. And uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of game Max and, and Rory bring. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan, good segue with Isla Galitsky. Um, I wanted to task you on this episode. One moment. Just, I wanted oh, okay. to bring this up. Right. I didn't put this in the agenda. I should have. That was my bad. But I wanted to ask you guys something. Um, since this is the first time, the first iteration of the match that we're seeing a mixed event, which I can't remember the last time I was this excited for the match. I can't even lie to you. Maybe the first one. Um, <laughs> but since this is the first time it will be a mixed event, I was curious if you guys thought there was different ways to incorporate that maybe in the LPGA schedule. For me, I was thinking I've been ruminating on this thought for probably a few weeks now. I was thinking, what if they paired college players, like high-level college players, with LPGA stars and just did that on a frequent rotational basis? Now, I think that could be a lot of fun. That would probably have to be contained within the LPGA schedule in some way. But I would still love to see more of that head-to-head presented in a more unique fashion. Yeah, I'm all I'm open for it. This I thought this truly when they announced it at first, I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like I wonder who's gonna partner with who for Rose and Lexi before I realized that it was like just individual play. They're just nice enough to invite uh invite the women out there. I think the college route would be a lot better. Grant Thornton was uh kind of a letdown, weird spot on the calendar. Doesn't really you know, it doesn't really matter, I would say, towards any real tally. The college players could be interesting. I wonder where they would be able to line that up out. Uh, and you know, well, some of these college kids are getting paid more than than the women are. So I don't know how they would figure NIL and everything else out there. But hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, it'd be fun to do. Like uh, I'm thinking, like a Stanford versus what uh, USC UCLA match with. Like Rose and Rachel, or Mega and Rose versus Lilia, and take your pick. That that could be fun. I I almost wonder if it would be something they could do in the. I I know calendars are. I, I'm just thinking out loud, Jordan. But to your point, I wonder if it would be something they could do in the fall, almost at a college campus with football. I don't know. That's it's a great question. I, I it would be fun. I, I think you kind of bring in the the pros and the and the college players and. You could set it up as as like a university rivalry or something. That's interesting. I think fall would be pretty elevating too. And fall is the least demanding part of the college schedule. And perhaps it could it, it's somewhat demanding on the LPGA side, but I think there is a way to slot that in and make that work. But yeah, you could brand you could totally brand it with the colleges. Um, granted, NIL gets tricky there because you can't don anything of your school and earn NIL money, so that might be that might be a tough way to sell it. But I I mean, if you're not going to have, if there's not going to be an established pipeline for now of college players, at least like get us more comfortable in a way that's a little front, more front facing than, hey, we just threw this exemption out to the third best player in the world and she'll play on an event this week and maybe she'll turn pro in a couple months and you'll see her at some point. You know, just get get us more familiar with these collegiate players, at least those who aren't paying attention as much. Yeah. I I mean hell, I I would I would love uh we we've heard whispers of 
possibly a Runing Yin and Rose Zhang exhibition match uh, somewhere over in in China or Asia. I mean, I, I think you could do something cool with like, hey, what if Lilia Nelly competed in a 9, 12, 18-hole match sometime? It just would take the right partner and, and a cool venue and, and the right spot on the calendar. But yeah, taking some of that shell, wild, wonderful world of golf and, and seeing if you could just help create interest and and again maybe some of those rivalries they can be good natured on the women's side I think would be a lot of fun but Jordan let me let me where I was going before we started talking about this but I think it ties in well I attached you with this episode can you give us some type of just general global update on the women's amateur golf have there been any big events any any news that we need to know Catch Cody and I up as as best you can. Yeah, so the women's amateur golf season is heating up. The spring season just started. Uh, there was some big drama at the Therese Hessian Challenge about two weeks ago. Uh, there was some bad weather that was going to happen over the weekend that it was going to be played. The format was shifted about a day or so before play was slated to begin, and that riled up a lot of coaches. Uh, they shifted it from stroke play to match play. And it was be- primarily because one, I think there was a lack of awareness that you could actually shift a format that closely to the event, but two, because it really shakes things up in the rankings. And as I understand it, there's, I kind of asked around, tried to gain some insight because I'm still trying to understand the new ranking system for college golf myself. As, I, as I've come to understand, there's a lot less fluctuation with these similarly ranked teams. And that's a field that has a lot of the cream of the crop of women's college golf. And so that's where the contention kind of came in. And yeah, bad weather still happened, turned into a match play event. Where I stand on it is I can see where there's some frustration and maybe the preference to shift it to a shorter event that was still stroke play might have been there. But with the NCAA championship format still being so reliant on match play, I just think there should be a greater incentive to play match play and keep that format alive somehow. It's the better format for TV anyway when there is TV stuff. That schedule's been a little near. But yeah, I... I personally, I understand why coaches and teams get frustrated when they have to play more match play because it just doesn't really give them the numbers and the nuance and a lot of times doesn't really present a fair case to tell you what their team is made of. But that's the NCAA format and that's it's a little hard to argue against in that aspect. But I can totally see both sides. Big news out of the Cactus Tour, Yana Wilson, who is a Signed to play at Oregon this fall, won last week. She, just to put this into context, she beat out people like Sofia Popov. And just, this was six months before she is slated to start school at Oregon. Uh, Yana won the U.S. Girls Junior two years ago, if anyone remembers. Um, She's just been a phenomenal standout player since. And I'm not entirely surprised to see that she had she's won an event like that so that was fascinating to see it's interesting because she'll be playing at Oregon in the fall 
And Oregon right now has the most recent U.S. Girls Junior Champion, Kiara Romero. And it's just they are they are loading up. They are ready. They came so close to that national championship two years ago, and I, I think they're ready to try and take what's theirs. And so that's cool. And just lastly, I just wanted to touch on this because it's that time of year, and I'm very excited. We're nearly a month out from ANWA. All the invites have been sent out. So excited. There's a lot of momentum, I think, from this event, especially going into a Curtis Cup year. And interestingly, I to probably the surprise of nobody, Stanford leads the way with the amount of invites. Nine current Stanford players and commits are going to be playing in ANWA. So do that what you will. But it, yeah, they, I, that incredible. obviously can make... Yeah, yeah, that can make anyone feel good about the reign Stanford has on college golf and will continue to have. Um, but yeah, I am once again excited for Anmal. We're going to see, we're going to see two defend, not not two defending. So sorry, two returning champions in Subasa Kajitani and Anna Davis. Which I found this to be interesting. Subasa Kajitani is in her freshman year at Seminole State. Uh, playing juco golf um as i understood it she had been dealing with some personal stuff i think uh was it a year or two ago she played anwa last year and struggled a lot um so hoping to see some good play from her she's been playing pretty good at seminole state so far so hoping to see a comeback in the works one thing to shout out to friend of the program anna davis start school early She's yes. into her freshman year at Auburn. Just completed her second event so far as, I don't know, are they the Tigers, right? I always get confused. Yes. Tigers yes. is yes. their mascot, but they just yell. <laughs> Wherever the eagle. Tiger is, who knows? You know, it's yeah. one of those things. But uh, Sara, uh, you know, competed in Puerto Rico, and then I can't even remember the event that they're at this year. But LSU, it seems, continues to just whoop up on everybody. So uh, pumped to see them all make their way as we get ready for and while it's going to be awesome to see them all back together. Guys, LSU today won by 16 shots today. In it's incredible. I, yeah. I, and I think there were some doubts about LSU coming into the spring, but I think LSU is making a huge, huge statement, especially with Ingrid and Latana at the stone. So wanted to shout that or at the helm. So wanted to shout that out. Wonderful update, Jordan. Thank you sincerely. Uh, it's crazy that the ANWA is going to be here in just over a month. So um, very much looking forward to that. Guys, one one last segment before we hit on a few news and notes and get out of here. I asked you all, and I think this is something we can do throughout the year, but let's let's get to know some LPGA rookies. I, I tasked us all with, you know, just a couple minutes. Let, let's Let's get acquainted with the rookies that we will be seeing out there on the LPGA Tour this year. Um, so we have three to introduce today. Who would like to go first? Is anybody chomping at the bit? My rookie uh, that I have the pleasure of introducing today is somebody that when I threw it into our Slack, uh, you know, Jordan was like, oh my God, she's awesome. I can't believe, I'm so happy <laughs> that you chose this. So Jordan, when I'm done with this, just tell me everything that I left out because, you know, I, uh, I'm, just, I'm just scraping the surface here, but uh, she's a graduate of the 2023 Epson Tour. She won one time there, the Tuscaloosa Toyota Classic. That is Mexico's own Isabella Fiaro. Uh, she played golf at Oklahoma State University, which I understand she attempted to transfer to Old Miss after her junior year. Now, there's an issue there upon her transfers because she wanted to play at Old Miss 
but she realized that not all of her credited hours were actually going to transfer from one university to the other. So that's when she made the decision to turn professional and uh, got her Epson tour card, ended up winning in the back half of last year, made it through Q series. I think she finished seventh or ninth or something like that to get her full LPGA tour card. So far to start the year, she has, of course, only played in the one full field event. That was the drive on earlier this year. She took up uh, or finished T32. She currently sits fourth on the Louise Suggs Rolex Rookie of the Year ranking because of that finish. Uh, she's a big singer. I didn't realize this. Uh, she said if she wasn't a professional golfer, she would uh, be in the, the, the singing, I don't know, entertainment space. A huge fisher. Uh, really big into water sports. She grew up in Southeast Mexico. Her uh, mentors, of course, are the the famous World Hall of Fame member, excuse me, Lorena Ochoa. She's very close with Gabby Lopez. And it seems like she has a really good head on her shoulders. She resides in Jupiter now. She's part of the stable. So you got Joey D and my guys <laughs> down there. Uh, she's a workout fiend. Somebody that I'm very excited on because I would have not known anything about her if you wouldn't have tasked me with this big. So I'm excited to follow along with her because Mexico, they they they're a very proud, proud country. They're not that many like really good players that kind of burst out on the seams, though. So I'm excited to follow along her because it seems like she's gonna pick up the 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 flag and maybe help Marie out a little bit. We'll see. I love it. See, I just learned something new. I, I like you. I look forward to following Isabella this year. Thank you, Cody. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to go next. We'll save you for last. My player that I would like to introduce to you guys, uh, her favorite food is schnitzel. Jordan, do you know what schnitzel is? Yes, but I've never had schnitzel. You've never had schnitzel? Mm-hmm. Cody, you wow, like schnitzel? that's wild. I love schnitzel. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's schnitzel is just, it's, it's, I guess it could be any type of meat, but it's, it's usually just very thin by pounding with a meat tenderizer. Just um, pounded and breaded meats in your yeah. face. <laughs> so my, my player hails from Germany, which is why, you know, her favorite food being schnitzel makes sense. Uh, and that is Alexandra Forsterling. She is from Berlin, Germany. She is 24 years of age. She attended Arizona State, was in fact a teammate of Lynn Grants there. She is currently ranked 106th in the Rolex World Rankings, which represents a personal best for her. So she's on a nice trajectory. Dedicated amateur career, as you would expect, uh, won once in college in 2022, won a slew of Berlin Opens, which is kind of cool, won three of those. She won the German International Amateur in 2021. And then she turned pro in December of 2022. She was co-medalist at the LETQ series or Q school, I guess they call it, alongside her fellow countrywoman, Polly Mack. And so in the, the entirety of 2023, she was on the Ladies European Tour. She won twice, her first coming at the Swiss Ladies Open, and then she won late in the season at the Mallorca Ladies Open in Spain. She ended up finishing eighth on the LET Order of Merit. And then she came over and competed in the LPGA Q Series this past winter, where she finished tied for 27th, which was good enough to earn a card for 2024. Now, she has not played any LPGA events thus far, 
She, we talked about the Asian swing uh, being sort of a, a closed shop, so she's not going to get any starts over there. Over there. Uh, she has competed twice thus far in the LET, so she's getting starts in lieu of making her LPGA debut. She finished eighth at the Kenyan Open a couple weeks ago and then 12th last weekend at the Saudi International. Talked about her favorite food. Her favorite film is Harry Potter. She's a huge Harry Potter film, says she could watch it day and night. Her favorite golf course is her home course back in Berlin, Berlin Vonesey. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but that is where she grew up and she absolutely loves it. Her favorite club is her putter. Her hero are her parents. Um, she talks about a dream foursome and she said, I really would just love to play with one person. That would be her dad who passed away um, some time ago when, when she was younger. So, um, a little bit of a sad thing there, but she's a huge techno fan. I guess uh, another thing that I think of uh, more with Germans, and she's a little bit. She has an artsy side too, Cody, just like Isabella. She she really enjoys to paint. I don't know if she would be a professional painter if she wasn't doing golf, but she does enjoy it. So that is twenty four year old German Alexandra Forsterling. She will be. I don't know exactly when, but she will be making her official LPGA debut sometime in the near future. Awesome, big. Thanks, buddy. Jordan, who do you got? I have Natasha Oon. She is from Malaysia. And I got a chance to talk to Natasha a few years ago when I did a piece on her alma mater, San Jose State. Uh, Not sure if you guys remember, but there was a time where San Jose State was practically unbeatable. Like Stanford couldn't even beat them right before they won the national championship. They were so legit that spring. So good. And Natasha was part of the charge. And she ended up turning pro. I believe it was um, sometime right before last year. She played her first rookie season on the Epson Tour. And she was just lights out. So good. She was runner-up in five events on the Epson tour last year, one tour to the end of the season at the, Oh, this is a, all the Epson tour tournament names are so long. Just (laughs) no, 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 that it is going to take me 30 syllables to tell you, but it was an event last year and parlayed that success into an LPGA card. She, I remember talking to Natasha and she dealt with a lot of injury trouble in her time at San Jose state, um, kind of went through a dark time there, but she, really pulled herself together at the end and really helped. It was really part of a just super impressive team. Um, always had a really standout short game. Um, is so bubbly. Is so, um, so kind. Um, was just a really big team player. Um, she almost won actually the NCAA individual title. Uh, that was the year the Rosang won it for the first time. Uh, but she was, she, she finished runner up that year. So that for context, the only person that really beat her was Rose Zhang. So super cool to think of it in that way. But Natasha was always super impressive. And she's actually on pace this year to represent Malaysia at the 2024 Olympics. So very cool. I uh, suspect Natasha is going to have a pretty successful uh, rookie year on the LPGA. She's currently ranked 253rd in the world. The role, according to the Rolex ranking, she has not played an event yet, but excited to see what she does with such an incredible opportunity. 
I'm glad you picked Natasha Jordan. She is somebody I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to watch and and seeing how she does this year because I I do remember that that year in college that San Jose State team was so good, so much fun to watch. gave gave Stanford all they could handle. I legitimately thought they were going to take the title. I was like, okay, they're going to take it right from Stanford. It's not theirs anymore, and kind of fell apart come NCAA's time as a team, but. Uh, yeah, they, they were Stanford's closest challenger. They were really impressive. And there was a lot of camaraderie and closeness on that team. And a lot of that was because of Natasha. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, there are three LPGA rookies. We'll, we'll do that throughout the year, get to know uh, at least quickly. The rookies this year help, help to put a little context around some names and faces you might happen to see. On television, in person, or shit, you know, some of them might be in the winner's circle at some point this year. Let's get out of here with a a few news and notes. I will start the Epson Tour, a a somewhat, I I guess, big announcement coming from the LPGA about the tour card allotment from the Epson Tour. So the Epson Tour, of course, is the Corn Ferry equivalent on the LPGA side. Historically, they have handed out 10 cards to the the season-long top 10 finishers on the Epson Tour. Beginning next year, though, they're going to bump that up to the top 15. And coinciding with that change, the LPGA Q Series will shift to awarding 25 tour cards, where before they would they would award uh, 45 tour cards in varying categories. You know, so, some of the status that the women would earn, not really the best status at all. So I, I think this move is, is hoping to... Um, Overall, they're they're gonna go from what 40, 55 cards down to forty. Um, but it should for the people who earn their cards, it should get them into better categories, get more starts, and and hopefully be more of a reward for these people earning their tour card. So this year, uh, the Epson Tour kicks off in March. It'll be now the top fifteen throughout the season will earn their LPGA card for next year. Cody, we have a new uh, we have a new sponsor for an LPGA tournament. Can you tell us about this? Yes, Randy. Thank you. Uh, new sponsor coming in for an event that we have in Arizona, and that's Ford, the great Ford Motor Company. Right? They announced today that they're going to present the Ford Championship presented by KCC. It's at Seville Golf and Country Club, a venue in Gilbert, Arizona. That's um, going to come the end of March. So agent swing into, I think LA and then bounce down to Arizona and then maybe on to Texas. I think that's where it's fallen in. Nope. Then we got match play. Then, then on to Chevron there, but excited, uh, you know, new tournament sponsor. That means LPGA stocks, rising new events like seeing that happen. Uh, you know, this event, in addition to the Boston event, already filling out a good year for the LPGA Tour. So excited to see all this stuff happening. And, uh, you know, I think this is just what we kind of talked about the tail end of last year is, you know, the LPGA reaching out to whether that was Fenway or, or whoever else and it's kind of going to assist with getting some more sponsorship dollars into the women's game. This is proof of the pudding right there. So excited. And, and we'll see what... Uh, Seville Golf and Country Club looks like. I haven't been there, so who knows? Yeah, KCC, which is the presenting company, they're a soul-based uh, technology company. Don't know a lot about them, candidly. And I will say the other note uh, that that Seville event, that the Ford Championship now, 
will offer free tickets to all current and former members of the United States military. So uh, if you are around the the Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area, in, uh, and want to go watch some good golf, and if in or used to be in the military, you can go out and watch for free, which is cool. I saw the Evian Championship added Porsche, speaking of car companies, to its uh, its group of sponsorship for that tournament. So I, I feel like anytime you can get a, a pretty recognizable luxury car brand into the fold on the on the women's side, that's great. And then Jordan, how about this? Jessica Corda announced the birth of her baby boy named Grayson. Did you happen to see that announcement? I did. I saw it very lightly. Congratulations to her. Let, let me give some kudos to Jessica Corda because she was doing some encores commentating at the CME at the end of the year last year and was phenomenal and was doing it while she was pregnant. So shout out to her. That is awesome. That is so cool. But glad to see that she gave birth and everyone is healthy. You know, looks like Jessica's probably slowing down a little bit, but, you know, would eventually love to see her back out playing again in some capacity. But yeah, congrats to her. That is that's awesome. I agree. It's uh love seeing new babies coming come into this world too. And you you mentioned the on course reporting, and she had to do that because bad guy Randy actually said no to it. So they made they made wow. a pregnant Jessica go out there and hoof it. Uh, you know, nine months into it, <laughs> they wow. couldn't beat my number. They couldn't meet my number. What are you gonna do? No, we're very appreciative. We got offered the opportunity to go do that, and and we'll continue to look for more spots uh, to come to do some. Some more uh, on-course reporting, I guess. Well, I don't know. I, I thought we have faces for radio big. I think exactly. they, they must have checked the tapes or something like that. They said, hey, maybe we can call them up to the big leagues here. But uh, more to come there. Stay tuned. Absolutely. That's a good way to put a bow on this episode, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the the stretch of women's golf the the primetime women's golf here in the united states should be some good action we'll be back in a couple weeks um until then cody jordan thank you enjoy the golf this week cheers be the right club be the right club today honey that's better than most how about him that is better than most Better than most! Expect